This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Good evening, dummies. Matthew Spear from Don't Unfriend Me. It's a historical evening. We are at a beautiful round number. Episode 250 is in the house. It's an exciting time. I mean, this only happens once. Unless I start the numbers at zero, but that would just be confusing. So we're not going to do that. We're just going to keep it at 250. What an exciting time that it is. Welcome to Don't Unfriend Me. What do we do here? Well, we talk a little bit about everything. Politics, current events. Sometimes sports, music, whatever, putting people in corners with peanut butter, just like mom used to, all of that type of stuff. We're a fun location. We do dive into politics, and sometimes people get offended. Just remember, you can love me, you can hate me. We can agree, we can disagree, just don't unfriend me. Tonight, we are talking about illegal immigration, but more importantly, the lying dog-faced pony soldier, Mr. Biden, and his lying antics. I got it on video. Nobody saw the second video where he literally walked everything back as he lied again to the United States of America, similar to Afghanistan and what he's been doing since he took office. We're going to go over it all tonight. I have a good show for you. Hang tight. Episode 250 is next. You know, it started tonight when the show didn't load properly and I got a feedback loop and I had to restart this 25, 30 minutes late. And now I just exit. Good night, folks. What a wonderful evening. I'll see you on the rebound for 251. No, I'm just kidding. Here we go. Recorded from an undisclosed location. Always honest. Always direct. So sit back. Relax. Don't Unfriend Me starts right now. Well, welcome again, dummies. Why am I calling you dummies? Why am I insulting you? What a mean human being. No, 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 no. I'm not insulting you. The dummies are the Don't Unfriend Me. It's like Barstool Sports has stoolies. D-U-M is an acronym. So we have the dummies. It was brought up by one of our viewers. You know how Hillary Clinton called us a basket full of deplorables? Well, we're a basket full of dummies here. Remember, dummies are good. Dum-dums are bad. Don't be a dum-dum, but be a dummy. What else? Well, you can follow me. You can like, share, and subscribe. If you enjoy the show and I am your particular brand of vodka, you can go to at Don't Unfriend Me Show. I'm all over the place. Except for Twitter, it's The Dumb Show, but who cares? I'm nothing on Twitter. There are a bunch of twatters over there. But you can follow me everywhere else. Type in at Don't unfriend me show in google and all of my social will pull up or you can go to the lovely the elusive the fantastic don't unfriend me.com you can click on shop there and also find i know i'm pimping myself out don't worry about it this is what it's all about the let's go brandon t-shirt which is fantastic along with this particular well-endowed lady wearing the 13 stars let's take a moment and watch this Okay, 
Let's move on. Folks, you can stop by my website. You can pick up a t-shirt. You can also watch old videos and all of that other stuff. Remember, this show is all about education, a little bit of truth, a little bit of opinion, and somehow we find ourselves doing it every night. So thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Hello to everyone online. Episode 250 is in the house yet again. Lying dog-faced pony soldier for real this time. Ricardo was a family friend. I remember him fondly and was always taken aback by his easy demeanor and confident nature. Ricardo worked for my father at the Ojai Valley Inn and Country Club, and he had come over from Mexico legally and hardly spoke a word of English. At times, a smile was all you would get from him, but over the years, I saw him transition into a citizen, but more importantly, a successful immigrant. Ricardo worked in the purchasing department with my father. There he was responsible for the food and beverage for the country club that we visited. From the vending machines to the Delmonico steaks, everything fell under his dock and his storage room and refrigerators were impeccable. Ten walk-ins, three deep freezers, storage racks for every alcohol you could imagine, all within Ricardo's grasp. It was a low-level management position after all, but still an immense pride for Ricardo, and he took it very, very seriously. He came to dinner often, my mother adored him, and he felt like family more than anything else. One day I went to work with my dad and greeted Ricardo, and there were receiving five trucks that day, and I was there to help, or more like be in the way. Now, this was a very strange time for me. I was a teenager, wasn't very good at being one, and I didn't have much of a long-term plan for my life. So when I walked by the storage container that was somehow unlocked, I saw cartons of every cigarette you could think of seeing. Now, I had been around smokers my whole life. My mom smoked, my dad, my grandparents, coaches, hell, even the doctor was smoking. It was almost like a plot to get me to be a smoker all along. I don't know why I did it. Until this day, it was stupid, but I swiped a pack of red apples, also known as Marlboro Reds, and shoved them in my pocket. I was oblivious to the cameras on sight, and I didn't even think twice to look around. But I felt eyes on me shortly after. You know the feeling when the back of your neck hairs stand on end. I glanced over to my right quickly, and I immediately see Ricardo dropping his gaze to the floor and avoiding eye contact with me. He didn't say a word but I could see his demeanor change. I didn't talk about the theft, and I didn't think to put them back, but when my dad came tearing out of the stockroom with a clipboard in hand a little bit later, I knew the look that was on his face. I had also been there enough times to know he was taking inventory on the storage lockers, which housed the adult items like booze, cigarettes, chewing tobacco, and the very slightly less full carton of Marlboro Reds I had just pilfered. My dad began laying into the team. Jorge, Anicio, Angel, Ricardo's brother, and Ricardo was off running an order up to the kitchen, but the others were there. As each of the dock workers recited ignorance in unison, my father's gaze fell on me, and my father simply said, Matt, we have a rule. If you say you didn't, you didn't, but you don't get another chance to ever say it again. The chefs haven't been down here and they have sticky fingers sometimes, but they aren't allowed down here during inventory and heavy stock days. Where are the cigarettes? He inquired with that inquisitive mind of his, and the gig was up, and of course I was going to deny it completely. But just then I saw Ricardo come downstairs, and I saw my father, he saw my father looming over me. 
He saw the clipboard and was sharp enough to put two and two together. He looked me over and then turned to the bollards lining the dock. He reached down and plucked the cigarettes from my front jacket pocket and casually put them in his pants. He approached my father and stood next to him, and after some time went by my father and went around the horn. By by the time my father went around the horn again, and Ricardo interrupted simply, Senor Rich, my dad's handle to all of the amigos and immigrants at the course, I took them. My dad looked at Ricardo and then excruciatingly told him to come into his office. It seemed like an eternity when Ricardo returned. And he looked at me with sadness in his eyes. He simply put his hands together to his mouth as in a gesture of prayer and simply mouthed the words that he was sorry. My father was not so affable. He knelt down and began to tell me of Ricardo's journey to America, the money he raised for the transport to the border, the money he was still giving back to uh, people there, the long wait and constant fear of not being nationalized, the drugs and crime that awaited him back in his town of Juarez if he was deported, how his family had to be relocated for safety and how he walked three miles every week to transfer money back to the family in Mexico. All of it was dumbfounding. Then the point struck home. He then began slowly, Matt, this young man had a one-way ticket to cross the border and enter here through illegal means. Instead, he stopped and went towards an entry station. He watched friends take the easy road, and he took the highest road possible. He had enough belief and faith in himself to know the difference between right and wrong. In the most insurmountable way possible, he chose what was right and tossed wrong to the side when so many others would not. I just thought you would want to know that you lowered a man's honor today because he would never lie for himself, but he did for you. You remember that when you look at any man and remember this day, you can lose honor and still somehow do the right thing at the same time. Shortly after that, we left California, and I know when my father resigned, Ricardo took the position my dad once held. He is an amazing man. Now, I understand that sometimes my stories allow me to convey a short story, then I use that story to justify my perspective on an issue. Well, at least that is what people claim. That is not the reason why I drove you down memory lane with me. I believe that life lessons from the past mold how we see the present and future events. It allows the viewer to navigate through similar events in their own life so they can possibly relate to a different point of view or solidify their own alignment with my thought process. That is why I interject these life lessons in my monologue. Something very interesting happened this week related to this is the Wall Street Journal in the past week reported that the Biden administration is in talks with the ACLU and private attorneys to offer around $450,000 a person or $1 million for two people within the same family to illegal immigrant families who were separated at the southern border pursuant to U.S. law to compensate them for lasting psychological trauma. They contend they suffered in connection with the illegal crossing. Let's think about that. Americans are very kind. They're generous and loving people and would never intentionally seek to inflict any sort of trauma or hardship upon any family But are we allowed to point out that there's children and their parents were here illegally to begin with? Are we allowed to say that every sovereign nation has an inviolable right to determine who comes within its borders? Should we again make the point that America simply cannot be the home of every illegal in the world who wants to sneak or walk defiantly across our border? 
The big problem I have with this is Joe Biden stood up in front of America and lied his heart out, as always. And the interesting thing is the first segment was broadcast all over the media, but this national address was not broadcast. It was actually put out in the middle of the afternoon. And one of the biggest things that Joe Biden has done throughout his presidency so far is lie to America, and he did it again. Watch. As you were leaving for your overseas trip, there were reports that were surfacing that your administration is planning to pay illegal immigrants who are separated from their families at the border up to $450,000 each, possibly a million dollars per family. Do you think that that might incentivize more people to come over illegally? If you guys keep sending that garbage out, yeah, but it's not true. So this is a garbage report? Yeah. Okay, so $450,000 $450, per person. Is that what you're saying? That was separated from a family member at the border under, under the last administration. That's not going to happen. It's interesting that he says it's not going to happen, but it is a report after all. Where did it come from? Peter Ducey is a lot of things, but a liar isn't necessarily one of them. When he says he has a report, he does. And later we found out just a week later, seven days, that Joe Biden and his handlers, since he can't make a decision on his own, and he isn't aware of the things that actually happen, i.e. Afghanistan, inflation, how it doesn't matter, and all of the other things that he says about mandates and how we don't even understand what supply chain means because it's such an advanced thought process. Joe Biden boldface lied, and I have the proof. Merry Christmas. Watch this. You should find it interesting. But, sir, where, where do you stand? You said last week... Uh, that this report about uh, migrant families at the border getting payments uh, was garbage. No, I didn't uh, say that. Let's get it straight. You said everybody coming across the border gets five hundred, four hundred fifty thousand dollars. So the number was what you had a problem. The number with. I was referring to. Okay. Now here's the thing. Sure. If in fact, because of the the outrageous behavior of the last administration, you coming across the border, whether it was legal or illegal, and you lost your child. You lost your child. It's gone. You deserve some kind of compensation, no matter what the circumstance. What that will be, I have no idea. I have no idea. Yes. DOJ negotiating a settlement. Let's go, Brandon. You showed more passion about illegal immigrants who you put in cages in 2014 with Barack Obama, and now are doing it more than Trump ever did. And you have the balls to stand up there on the bully pulpit, on the lectern, and say and act like you are incensed. But you weren't incensed when you literally handed Al-Qaeda and ISIS-K and the Taliban a haven to generate terrorism, but also gave the Taliban security to protect Americans, which ultimately failed, and exfil, and close Bagram in the dead of night. We can talk about gas prices. We can talk about steak. We can talk about hamburger. We can talk about heating. We can talk about all of these things. But the fact that you show more emotion for people who are not even Americans says everything we need to know about you, Mr. Biden. I want you to think of it like this, as others have observed. This is like paying a robber who breaks into your home for the mental and emotional trauma they suffered during a crime. 
And let's compare this $450,000 payment to a member of the military killed in a war whose family receives $100,000 by the way of a death gratuity. Do we see how grossly distorted this is? How could we possibly justify placing a greater value on an illegal act than one in which an American was killed defending our country? How about the 13 of them on his watch? As U.S. Congressional Dan Crenshaw stated, the Biden administration wants to pay illegal immigrants $450,000 for their hardship while breaking our laws, end quote, and noted the payments are worth more than current life insurance programs offered to those serving in the armed forces by the government. U.S. Senator Tom Cotton also noted the Biden administration's promises of citizenship and entitlement programs have already caused the worst border crisis in history. A huge cash reward will make it even worse. Joe Biden gave a $13,000 stimulus check to Americans during the coronavirus pandemic, but wants to give illegal immigrants $450,000, which is more than the 9-11 Victims Compensation Fund authorized to victims. Admits rising inflation, this is how he wants to spend your money. His priorities suck. For some context, please recall that globally circulated photographs of kids in cages that were used to unfairly cudgel President Trump for his alleged inhumanity towards children during the recent presidential campaign were actually taken in 2013 and 2014 during the Obama administration, but you didn't hear that in the left media. So although the largely dishonest national media has never reported the truth, it was Nobel Peace Prize winner Obama and his added psychophant Vice President Poopy Pants Biden who actually put kids in cages. At a time when inflation has sharply increased over the past six months, eating away at family budgets across this land to pay non-citizens, illegal immigrants, $450,000 for entering our nation illegally and breaking the law is stunning and an insult to those who have faithfully go to work today and keep the basic services of our nation running, including our healthcare workers. More importantly, it brings me back to the lessons from the past. I never asked Ricardo why he took the hit for me and then why he felt so bad after finally giving me up to my father. I know my father knew the moment it happened. He gave me the gift to recognize the truth through nuance and deception. It is a skill set that allows me to do this show. How effectively remains to be seen. But what is apparent is that Ricardo was a man of principle and honor. He didn't want a handout. He didn't want to surrender his values for the easy way out. And he felt his duty was to accept responsibility because he could have said something and didn't. Instead of projecting the blame where it belonged with me, he took responsibility for his silence and then compromised his morals for the greater good. And dare I say, this is a quality I have uncovered in the best versions that people can muster within themselves, and it isn't indicative of class, race, creed, or societal makeup. It is the difference between an upstanding citizen and a criminal, period. Illegal immigration is a tender subject, and I have lived in four border states, and I understand the complexity that illegal immigration brings to the border and the individuals involved. You can spin this based on emotion, fact, supposition, or just plain conjecture, and no matter what you choose, the one fact that will always remain, either we are a nation of laws or we are not. If we are a nation of laws, then we do not get to expostulate the merit or value we simply need to adhere to the rules of society or penalize those that fail to follow. If you arrive on American soil, you are allowed to claim inalienable rights of every citizen or person in this great land. The natural rights are inherent to all. 
Ultimately, however, the founders understood that freedom would depend on citizens remembering that government derives its authority from the people who consent to give it that authority, and that, therefore, must work to serve the common good, treating every citizen equally. Freedom depends on citizens who care enough about preserving it to really evaluate the people who run for office and to elect those who demonstrate wisdom, restraint, and personal virtue. Most of all, freedom depends on citizens having the wisdom, courage, and sense of justice necessary to take action when they see government overstepping its bounds. However, this incontrovertible fact cuts both ways. The one caveat to all of this is the legal rights that we possess in conjunction with our natural rights. If you break the law, natural or legal, you will be judged. If natural rights hold true for all humans, then the written law of this land stands for its citizens and pertinent to the conversation, those who are not citizens or those here illegally to the same standard. Now, we can review civil law decisions that were later uncovered that the jury sided with the defendant simply because of one reason. They didn't feel the victim deserved the amount of money they would receive. So, in other words, jealousy or the feeling of entitlement acquitted the defendant out of spite. Now, these cases happen quite often, and most criminal verdicts fail to follow the civil verdict, at least on decisions that show innocence or vindication. The OJ trial is a rarity. This is also because most jurors are biased the criminal decisions and follow the flow of the previous decision. Yes, even if the jury is supposed to remain ignorant of the outcome, it isn't difficult to discern the verdict from a criminal proceeding if the defendant is restrained at the end of the day or is left of their own volition. This should remain the same for immigration. I always tell my wife when we argue, yes, I yelled or I said some things, but you did pull the pin from the grenade. When I said I was getting mad, I said my failsafe was weakening. When I said, please, let's take a timeout, you purposely pulled the pin. And then you try to defuse a bomb that's already gone off, subsequently blaming the explosion on me without a consideration of the event precluding the detonation. Of course, I own the result, but there has to be some accountability for the before and just not the after. Every married couple understands the analogy. And when it comes to illegal immigration, we need to understand that there is a word that liberals and the media often forget. The word illegal. There has to be compassion. There has to be a compassionate way to balance the need for legal immigration and to stem the flow of illegal entry into our country. A humane compromise is necessary. But humane isn't always possible when the law is broken. We separate parents from children every day in the U.S. Parents are pulled over during traffic stops with children in the car. If those parents are arrested for unpaid parking tickets, the children end up in the care of the state or city for a time. Infant mortalities are much higher in the U.S. compared to other similar GDP-producing states. We have parents who lose their lives to drunk drivers, crime, or they become wards of the state due to abandonment or other means. Children have been subjected to lockdowns, constant mask wearing, with the inability to maintain normal schedules and routines. This last school year set our children back in their learning and psychological development. Children of parents who supported the U.S. and Afghanistan are trapped and unable to escape. Thirteen brave warriors lost their lives in Afghanistan in a wasted exfil from a senseless, hastily exit. About the 60 million aborted fetuses, those parents waiting in line had suffering and anguish as they continue to wait for a child that may never come. What's the difference in these situations? 
It's fairly straightforward. None of those things are illegal. And none of those deserving survivors of those unfortunate situations are asking for a freaking payout. If immigrants are going to adapt to our way of life, there is some responsibilities they will have to take in order to do so. Compassion is simply wasted breath when there isn't honesty involved. And the brutal truth is, starting off by breaking our laws is not the way to begin a relationship built on trust and investment. America should take the very best that other countries have to offer. But the detriment in that is the immense pressure that places on the least talented members of the aforementioned country to front the load and burden. Taking away the top talent in a country deprives them of the ability to regain their footing or establish it to begin with. We need to do a better job of revamping the visa standards and enforcement so when they come, they leave back to their home. If they are asylum seekers, then we need to ensure they gain access through ports of entry and by the laws we have in place. All of these things are deeper problems than we seem to want to tackle. But the largest problem is that we have to stop incentivizing illegal entry into the U.S., We have to stop the open border policy and learn from the European and Middle Eastern countries who are overwhelmed with immigrants with illegal status. We should be taking the best the world has to offer, and that isn't about wealth or skin color, but strength of heart, morals, and a desire to matriculate into a culture of the United States, our language, our citizenry, our flag, our laws. Parents losing their children at the border is a terrible and tragic situation that falls on the shoulders of all politicians. They are using them for political capital and for leverage. And if the politicians want to give illegal immigrants money, then we should start with their savings account and their slush funds for their upcoming re-election because it isn't the American people who should float the bill and it isn't for the children to continue carrying the emotional weight of this crisis. The parents deserve opportunity to enter this great country and decide how they want to begin this immersion into our society. They can choose the easy way out. They can sneak across the border, put their children up for auction, steal, commit crimes, and become a drain on our societal structure. Or they can stop and decide there is a different way to approach freedom because freedom isn't easy and it's never for free. It takes time, hard work, and an iron resolve to follow the law because in the end, we want a nation full of Ricardos who make the tough choices in life and will dedicate themselves to the process, no matter how difficult it might be, because without that, we will become the nation of underachievers with morals lacking, dedication waning, and the fear of hard work becoming ever-present in society. We should attract the very best and set the example of what better looks like. And it has nothing to do with building it back, but everything to do with bringing it back to the forefront of the national conversation. Folks, that's it for episode 250. Thank you so much for joining tonight. I hope you enjoyed tonight's show. If you didn't, welcome back to 251. Remember, you can agree, disagree. You can love me. You can hate me. Just don't unfriend me. Going out tonight, like I always do, the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255, press 1. This number is specifically designed for people who are suffering from mental health, PTS, traumatic brain injury, anxiety, and depression. 22 veterans commit suicide. It's way too many. Please reach out to the Veteran Crisis Hotline. It's anonymous. It is free. And also, if you are not a veteran, they will take your call. Too many of our brothers and sisters are dying. Please use this number if you would. 
Folks, that's it for me tonight. Remember, a nice little plug for like, share, and subscribe and follow. Please do that on all my channels. God saves a puppy if you do. I'll be back with the after show right after these messages. Remember, stop by my site, visit the store, maybe pick up a nice t-shirt at don'tunfriendly.com. God bless. See you tomorrow for 251.